0: Mum Talk Series 5 is supported by Bugaboo. 20 years ago, Bugaboo started a stroller revolution, changing the game with innovative products that had at their heart the desire to make parents' lives easier. Bugaboo continued to invent, develop, test and manufacture truly revolutionary products. Made to use every day, designed to last a lifetime, there's a Bugaboo pram, pushchair or stroller to suit every family's needs. Bugaboo know that it's not always easy, but that it's always worth it. They get that you are a parent and a person, and with their extraordinary products, you've got this. Visit bugaboo.com forward slash mumtalk. Hello and welcome to Mum Talk Series 5, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. On this podcast, I share my journey of literally having no idea what I am doing, from pregnancy to life now with a baby. Through the podcast, I am joined by not only incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. You can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Maybe you have a cup of tea with your feet up or perhaps your jogging shoes on and you're off for a stroll. Whatever and wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello everyone and welcome back to Mum Talk series 5 episode 1. I can't actually believe and I say this every new series, I can't quite believe that we are doing yet another series, it's so exciting and this series is full of so, so much goodness. I hope you all had a beautiful, lovely, long summer. Um, We have been up to a fair amount which I'm going to share with you before I get into all of your questions and I have about 32 questions to get through today there have been loads and loads of duplicates um, of questions but the main topics that we are going to talk about from your questions are weaning breastfeeding work-life balance sleep relationships birthday prezzies and I'm gonna have a bit of a catch up with you too Obviously, the first thing for me to catch up with you guys on is Mum Talk is sponsored for the first time. And I am over the moon, as you can probably tell. Firstly, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to all of you listening. You guys really have helped make this happen. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so happy to be working with such a fantastic brand. Everyone on the team is so lovely and this just feels so right. And when I posted about it on social media a couple of days ago, your reaction and the listeners' reaction was just really lovely. So really thank you so much. I really appreciate all of your support. Now I'm going to stop saying really so much. So Bugaboo are a Dutch design company, and I had the pleasure of meeting with one of their designers at the Ant launch, which is when all of this started. Um, He was absolutely lovely, and he's designed so many of the Bugaboo strollers, and it was a pleasure to meet him. They have reached a huge 20-year milestone in the stroller industry, which is massive. And I chat with my mum all the time about what parenting was like for her over 30 years ago and just how things have changed. And I mean, they certainly didn't have innovative travel strollers and strollers with power steering. And my mum especially could not believe how easy our bugaboo fox is to steer. And actually, just today I showed her the ant because I had it in the car with me and, um... She couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe how a pram could come out of such a small, tiny little suitcase looking box. It's brilliant, 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 brilliant. Now, for full transparency, because I, of course, want to be completely honest with you all, we were kindly sent the Bugaboo Fox and Ant, and I'll share more with you about our experience with them. But for starters, the Ant is a game changer. We're traveling for the first time to France with it next week, and I I'm so looking forward to giving Amandine some of her own space right onto the aircraft but I'll share all of that with you next week. The Fox is such a beautiful stroller, I adore the design that I chose, we've got um wooden effect, wheel caps, I got the grey melange seat cover and the um, light leather handles and also a black hood and I absolutely adore it. It's so light to steer, it mount curbs, mounts curbs really easily, the basket's huge but the real game changer on this one for me is the canopy because you might remember that Amaldine's never slept in her stroller but with the black hood and that's the reason I went for a black hood and a little bit of white noise, she is out like a light. It is magic and that has been huge for me because I, just, I, don't, I haven't felt like I've been able to go out and about at any point with her naps and I when we got the fox I thought you know what I'm just going to give it a go let's see what happens not really expecting much but straight away out like a light so super super happy so aside from that huge news with Bugaboo sponsoring the podcast we have been up to quite a bit this summer um so I've got a little bit to catch up with you on and then I'll go into your questions Amandine is one I mean she was one on the 4th of September, so a couple of days ago. We decided to just have a very chilled birthday. My mum um, came up, which was lovely. She came back from France in time for Amandine's birthday, so that was really, really nice. And my mum also bought our family dog with her, and Amandine was over the moon, literally didn't leave our dog alone. He's called Truffles, he's very, very cute. And he is 10, he's 10, yeah, he's 10 now, as of a couple of months ago. Um, but he is a Cocker Spaniel and he runs around like a crazy dog. I'm going to come on to this because I had a lot of questions after posting a photo with Truffles and Amaldine in about babies and dogs and how to introduce them. So I'll talk through my experience. I'm in no way an expert on this, um, but I will come back to that. My sister also surprised Alandine for her birthday which was amazing seeing as it was midweek her birthday fell on a Wednesday my sister came up came down sorry from London she cycled quite a few of you asked if she cycled all the way from London to my house in Devon no she didn't I know she arrived in her cycling gear but she cycled from her home to the train station jumped on the train and then cycled from the train station to my house And it was awesome. It was really awesome. Amandine was so happy. She loves Michelle, who is my sister. We call her Tata Mimi. Tata is uh, French for auntie. And we had a really nice chill day. I made a couple of cakes. In reality, I really should have made one cake. But in my mind, I was thinking... I don't want to give her any added sugar, but it's her birthday. And my sister said quite rightly, Emma, it's her birthday. You need to chill out. Just chill out. I made her a carrot cake and I sweetened it with homemade apple sauce. Um, And it was really nice if you hadn't tried my carrot cake, my other carrot cake, (laughs) which I made for the adults, which had pretty much more sugar than flour in it. So it was super sweet. I actually didn't like it. It was way too sweet. Hendrik managed to pretty much flatten the whole cake, um, but it was really heavy. It was more like a dessert than a natural cake. So I should have just made one, given Amaldine the teeny tiny bit, which was all she ate of her cake anyway. Um, The recipe was on my Instagram feed. I'll try and Find that in archives and pull it onto the highlights so you guys can find it. It was nice. It was just bland in comparison to the one that had like 300 grams of sugar in it, obviously. But I think next next year I will make um, something a little bit more fun. So I will come on to presents now because I have had a lot of queries about where Amandine's bits and pieces are from. So she had this lovely swing. That is called the... Happy Pie Baby Secure Canvas Folding Hanging Swing and you can buy it on Amazon and it's $35.95. I have everything here open on internet browsers um, to tell you all what it is. So Hendrik and I bought her two things. We bought her a tri-horse wooden marble run which she just loves. She's figuring out how to use it now. She can't, if she sits on the edge of our knees... And she'll put the balls onto the run and it's pretty cool, I really enjoy it, I kind of get lost in it. And these were toys, the two things that we bought her were from one year old, so this is 42 dollars and again you can buy it on Amazon. We also bought her, and this is the best thing. I mean, this was really Hendrik, to be honest. Hendrik bought her this. It is a Bagheera Speedster plane. So Bagheera is B-A-G-H-E-R-A. For all of you listening who don't know, my husband's a pilot, so it was (laughs) just quite fun for him to buy her her first plane. Um, And it's a ride-on plane. Now, it's one of the only ones, like a ride-on thing, that they say is okay from one year old so I think this ride-on plane is from one to three years old it's incredible quality and um, this is in no way an ad we bought this and it is a really beautiful thing so go on bagheera.co.uk and look for the speedster plane she loves it she can't do it by herself yet but what we do with her feet is we put her feet up on the little wings and she holds onto the steering wheel and she is really getting used to it she's really enjoying it we were also very kindly sent by our friends at Scandiborn a teepee which she adores, we did have it downstairs I've now moved it upstairs into her nursery and actually in the mornings when she gets up she just wants to go down in there and a couple of mornings ago I fed her in her teepee, her morning feed and she was just loving it, it's got all of her teddies in there and she's made a really lovely little den so the one that they sent us is the Nobody Knows Phoenix teepee in gold. Stella and night blue and kindly also sent Amandine the matching playmat and it really is beautiful head on over to Scandyborn if you don't know the brand already it's just scandiborn.co.uk they have the most beautiful collection of baby bits interiors furniture and lots for mummy as well so if you're looking for a new mum present or something or something for yourself then definitely head on over and have a look there I also love Sarah and Bendrix. You know from the previous series, I've bought numerous toys from Sarah and Bendrix, like pull along toys, um, which I absolutely adore. Their wooden toys, I think, are the best. And also, I got this for Hendrik's Father's Day gift, actually. Or oh, was it for his birthday? I think it was his birthday. But would also make a really beautiful first birthday present if you wanted to celebrate something for yourselves as well, give to your partner, or also for your little one. I um, They very kindly sent... Uh, Hendrik for his birthday a round bedtime story spot cushion so it reads Amandine and Papa's bedtime story spot and you can personalize that so that is from a company called So Close it's local to me down in Devon so just go to soclose.co.uk and you can look at their products and that cushion is on there but they were the best prezzies for Amandine. Now, I'm not going to lie. She also loved the cardboard boxes that these things came in and obviously the wrapping paper. So they were the best prezzies. What else can I tell you? So we have also been reducing breastfeeding. So you may have remembered at the end of series four, I think I was talking about potentially starting to cut down on her daytime feeds. This came really, really naturally. And We are now just feeding, or I am now feeding, breastfeeding still in the morning and the evening. So when I first started, and there will be a little bit of a section in this podcast where I'm talking about breastfeeding, but when I first started switching out those feeds, I did, um, so I would normally feed her after her morning nap and after her afternoon nap when she woke up. So the first one, I dropped that one first. I'd make sure I gave her a big bowl of porridge in the morning and I didn't... I'd started on a good day where she'd had a good breakfast so she didn't wake up starving and then when she woke up I whizzed her straight downstairs and I would prepared a snack already for her so it was banana and peanut butter or um, an oat cake with uh, cream cheese uh, what else did I... give her some yoghurt and some berries something like that I had waiting down there or also I made some oat bars with blueberries in that kind of thing. And it's there ready for her. So she'd snack on that, have a bit of water, and then she was fine. And that, I think, made the transition super easy. The, this is now stopped. But when we saw other people, other people around, or she felt like she needed to be comforted in the daytime, she would crawl up to me, climb up me, and start tapping and grabbing onto my boob and pulling down my top as if she wanted boob. But I did resist. I didn't give in. I didn't give it to her. Um, because I knew it was clearly a comfort thing that she needed. And then when we were down to, I think maybe just two days, I did the, dropped the morning one and then I felt like she was really ready to drop the afternoon one as well. So I think it was just two days dropping the first one and then went straight into dropping both. And again, after her later nap, I um, gave her a snack, brought her downstairs, gave her another snack and it was fine. Now, a month on or so, I have stopped giving her those snacks. So I will only now give her a snack in the morning or a snack in the afternoon if she hasn't had a big appetite at lunch or at breakfast. Then I will give her a snack. So let's say she doesn't finish her morning porridge, I will give her her porridge, the leftover porridge a little bit later for her snack or I'll give her an oat bar or a muffin or you know, the things I said before and same with the afternoon snack too. If she didn't have a big lunch, I'll give her a little bit of a snack or if she seems to be a bit grouchy. I'll go for a snack first after water. So I will actually offer water first, especially because it's been summer and we have some hot weather. Um, I always think it's worth offering water first, but obviously you don't want them filling up too much on water because you want them to get their calories in. So it's a bit of a balance and just watching your baby, um, and just seeing what they need and when we've also noticed a huge difference in her language and what she is understanding. So we're trying to bring her up bilingual. My husband's French, if you don't know that already, I'm English, obviously. So I speak to her mostly in English and Hendrik, whenever he's talking to her, only speaks to her in French, but when he's talking to me and she's around, he speaks to me in English. When we had our first year checkup, which I'll touch on a bit more in a moment, the lady there actually said something quite interesting. She picked up on me speaking to Amandine in French and she said, no, 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 you can't do that. You need to choose. You need to choose if you're going to speak to her in French or English. She needs to know what language she is associating with you and what language she is associating with her papa. And I was quite shocked at this and actually really sad about it because I really felt like my French was developing because Hendrik was speaking a lot more to her. I was understanding a lot more. I was picking up on terms and phrases and fun things to say and I was really enjoying it. I was really enjoying progressing my French. But I've now started to not speak to her so much in French. Sometimes a little thing will slip out. I I don't think it's too much of a big deal but I think as we get further down the line we'll seek some more advice on this and I will definitely do a podcast at some stage trying to talk to a bilingual professional um, and actually what the deal is with that because I have had quite a few messages from um, you guys about bringing your babies up bilingual. So I know I'm not the only one but we have noticed that her first word was doggy which was really cute but if I say where is doggy or where is papa and Hendrik says to her il est où papa or il est où le chien or il est où doggy then um, sorry about my really bad French accent, by the way, (laughs) then she'll understand. So she does understand both. And she has, we think, we think, she's definitely said doggy, 100%. We think she's said chien as well. She also points to our tomato vegetable patch. Um, basically there's only tomatoes in our vegetable patch. And she goes, dom (laughs) dom. It's very cute. And she'll point over to where we collect our tomatoes and put them in a bowl in the kitchen and again she'll go tom tom and she adores raw tomatoes so um, well she doesn't eat the skin she eats just like the fleshy bit so when she comes down from a nap sometimes she'll point and go tom tom but it's very cute but with the bilingual thing I think it's coming she is really starting to understand the difference um the differences I think which is great so back to Amandine's first year checkup She had hers, I think it was about 11 11 months she had hers, maybe 11 months and one week, something like that. We filled out all of the forms, so if you're not too sure what to expect, we filled out um, two forms. they're slightly different age ranges and you're just you're filling in like what gross motor skills you're answering questions to basically get them to understand what gross motor skills they have what fine motor skills they have what language and communication they're starting to develop things like is your baby starting to um cuddle a cuddly toy yet uh, are they walking yet are they pulling themselves up yet can they pick up small items like a pea or um you know things like that. And Amandine was really scored, they score somehow, they have this scoring system by the answers that you give. And Amandine's doing really, really well in her fine motor skills, her communication skills, basically everything apart from gross motor skills which is walking, essentially, and pulling herself up. This last week, she has been pulling herself up left, right, and center, which is interesting because the lady at the first year checkup said that if you have tiled floors or hard floors, but mainly tiled floors uh, where your baby spends most of their time, then they are generally later in walking, which I found really interesting because the whole of downstairs in our house, which is where we always hang out, is solid tile and outside is also tile, uh, there's grass but the first section after kind of we've got like this terracy bit and that's tile too. So I found that interesting and our rugs as well, we have a playmat um, which is great but we've only kind of bought that in in the last couple of months or so and it's also not near anything where she can pull herself up on. So the health visitor was saying to move that mat potentially over to where Amaldine pulls herself up but we haven't actually done that and she's starting to get it so I don't think there's too much of an issue. I have a kitchen cupboard where Amaldine can go into and she can pull stuff out, there's a bunch of uh, really old like um, Easter egg moulds for making Easter eggs so I just let her have all of that and flour which is maybe slightly a little bit more dangerous, (laughs) not dangerous but you know I could end up a right mess in the kitchen, and I let her go to that cupboard when I'm making her her breakfast and things, um, so she can just pull everything out, and she stood up and pretty much threw her whole body into that cupboard the other day. <laughs> so she's getting it, just a little bit so, which is totally fine. Okay, on to the next thing, babies and dogs. I promised I would touch on this later on in the podcast, so um, we're not really that late into the podcast, there's a lot to cover still, but babies and dogs. So. Our family dog lives with my mum and we don't see, uh, he's not in our space all of the time, Amandine's not in his space all of the time, so I can only share the experience that we have had with Truffles and Amandine. Truffles um, is a cock spaniel, as I mentioned, and he loves to lick, so if you go say hi to him, he will lick you to death. Um, and Amandine, if she's on the floor with him and he doesn't have something in his mouth, he will just go straight up to her and lick her. That is really sweet but gross. So we always try and make sure that Truffles has something in his mouth and that always keeps him a lot calmer as well. Going right back to when we introduced them both, um, we just made sure that Amandine came into his space very, very quietly, very controlled. She obviously loved the dog so she was just whining and super excited and wanted to get down on the floor but we didn't actually put her down on the floor um at the beginning because we're very conscious that she was coming into truffles's space the dog space so i think the first visit we had we kept her up in our arms we very gently maybe lowered her a little bit and truffles had a bit of a sniff and just you know slowly but surely introduced them When we did put Amandine down onto the floor, we made sure Truffles had his space, where he knew that he could go and lie down and get away from baby if he felt like it was all very overwhelming, which I think he does. So he has his space, which is his bed, underneath the counter, and that's always been, you know, his, very much his space. So if Amandine starts to crawl over there, we just grab her and actually just say, no, this is Truffles' space. Again, with Truffles' toys, we try not to let Amandine take any of his toys, um, Because again, they're his toys and she doesn't quite get the playing with. Plus she puts them in her mouth, which again, gross. So we've just made it very, very chilled, very relaxed. And now they're beautifully playing on the floor together. He will let her hug him, which is very sweet. Occasionally she will kind of try and jab his eyes a little bit, which... (laughs) is a little bit worrying, but she's kind of stopped doing that now. We actually went to a petting farm, um, a really, really well-known petting farm, Pennywell farm down here in Devon. And oddly enough, she was going for the eyes with a few of the animals there as well. And I think it's because they're dark. So she gets drawn to the dark eyes um, and she's not aggressively going in there. She's just kind of drawn to the eyes and she just pads around the eyes a little bit and know try stick her finger in their eyes but she's learning and she started to stroke truffles and and pat him and yeah give him a cuddle and truffles is just really well tempered and mellow so that's been our experience we haven't had any issues if you're bringing your baby home to a dog then try and take if you have had a hospital birth or something i know it's a bit difficult with a home birth but try and take a muslin which has your baby's smell or try and get someone to drop that over to whoever's looking after your dog at the time so that your dog can get used to the baby's smell and then when the baby comes into the environment the dog has already smelt baby already. I thought that was a really good tip. Onto questions, On to questions. Weaning, let's start with weaning. Loads of questions. Has Amaldine always liked her porridge? My seven-month-old does not like porridge. Yes, Amaldine has always liked her porridge. But to start with, when she was about seven months, because we only started weaning when Amaldine was seven, seven months old, I would blitz up the oats a little bit. Just in my magic Magi mix, I would... Um, we buy organic rolled oats, and I don't know why, but sometimes organic rolled oats are quite tough and quite uh, a little bit bigger than normal porridge oats that you would necessarily buy in the supermarket. So I would blitz them up and just make it really nice and um, soft and easy so she didn't really have to chew anything. Give it a go. Also tried lots of different toppings. So Amandine would... She sometimes liked smashed some banana in there. She sometimes liked pear in there. So I would just, especially around seven months, puree up some pear, puree up some mashed banana, um, or mash up some mashed banana, <laughs> Raspberries and blueberries, squish them all up and actually put them into the saucepan when it's heating so the um, raspberries and blueberries go really, really soft. And try pureed mango and coconut. I give her almond milk with her porridge only because, and I've covered this before in the podcast, but only because. Hendrik and I don't drink cow's milk so I'm actually currently um, waiting on someone to come back to me about whether I can start to give almond milk instead of cow's milk when I start to stop breastfeeding. Don't know when that will be, haven't really thought about that yet, I just want to be prepared. She gets loads and loads of other dairy throughout her um, day, she gets yoghurt and cheese, we just don't drink cow's milk and I don't really want to start so I'm just checking in on that so try different things with your porridge try different temperatures with your porridge and keep trying because if they um, definitely go and follow SR Nutrition she's called Starlet, Charlotte Sterling Reed, she's brilliant and she always says, you know, keep trying, keep trying keep trying with different foods just because they turn it down once doesn't mean that they really don't like it um, but I'm sure you have probably tried that, but just keep keep going with different toppings, see what happens What meal did you start A on first and why? Keep getting conflicting advice. Again, I can refer back to Charlotte Sterling Reed, SR Nutrition. She says that um, you should start kind of with the greens, with the bitter greens. Now I didn't. Uh, The things that I started A on were pureed sweet potato, pureed carrot, pureed parsnip, pureed peas, pureed, uh, what did I give, a spinach, so I would literally just boil, puree some of these things up, add a bit of almond milk, and then I would, um, this is another question actually, how did you make and store purees, so I stored them in ice cube trays, and then I would literally pop out one or two cubes, depending on Amaldine's appetite, Um, and also when you start to combine foods, I could pop out one sweet potato puree, one carrot puree, one parsnip puree, mix it all together and then that would create a nice little mix of flavours for her to start with. Amaldine has always, um, I mean she's had a huge range of foods, um, and I don't know, I gave her broccoli as well, I did give her broccoli to start with, she does have broccoli, I don't think it's made a huge difference not having kind of lots of greens but I would go with what you feel comfortable giving her um or him I would just if you have sweet potato in the house just do it I was so nervous to start weaning and it was wasn't until I did so much reading and so much kind of questions uh, around weaning and so nervous she was gonna choke and how should I start? And in the end I just dozed straight in there and just started and that's why we were so late starting because I was just really really nervous too. And I there's a question here, starting weaning and terrified of choking, did you have the same fear? Yes I did. I did have the same fear. Touch wood. Amundine has never really had too much of a choking episode. Actually, the main thing she's choked on is pizza dough, <laughs> where she has been coughing and coughing and coughing. And I can just see this pizza dough hanging out in the back of her mouth, just bobbing up and down. And my gut reaction has been to literally reach my fingers in there and grab it out. But I know that's possibly the worst thing I could do. But every single time, Amandine has managed to get the stuff out by herself. And I've learned my lesson to give her smaller strips of pizza dough when she's having a pizza Um, and you do, you learn, there's constant learning but if you want to do, we did a mix of baby led weaning and purees and I found that that was great because she learned how to move food around in her mouth, she learned hand-to-mouth coordination, she learned um, also how to swallow, she's learned how to use the spoon really well from very early on because of pureed food So I think just do what you feel comfortable with to start with, and yeah, if you've got sweet potato in the house, just give them sweet potato to start with. Solid meals. When did it go from one to two and two to three, and how did you know when to add more? So we started weaning, like I said, a little late at seven months, so we went from one to two meals quite quickly, I think within a month, Um, and I would say she started having three meals a day by about nine and a half, yeah, by about nine months, I reckon, Um now she's had, uh, now she has really solid meals, so at 12 months she has a big bowl of porridge in the morning, occasionally a bit of banana as well with peanut butter if she, if she seems really hungry, lunch, she'll again have quite a big meal, um, and by dinner she'll again have a big meal, and normally I give her dessert with both of those, so she might have yogurt, um, and then she might have another bit of fruit in the evening, or she might have a little bit more yogurt, she loves yogurt, um, so I would say around then. And how do you know when to add more? Whenever you feel comfortable and whenever it's fitting into your lifestyle. Again, I started when I first started giving her meals, it would be all around Amaldine. So 12 o'clock would come maybe, or 11.30, and I'd give her a bit of lunch around her nap times. Now we really do try and eat with her. So we eat breakfast with her, we eat lunch with her, and actually with Hendrix Roster, he's been on earlies a lot of the time, we eat with her too. So we eat with her about 5, 5.30 um, he's now on late, so, um, we actually ate with her today, but a couple of days ago, we didn't, we fed her first, and then we had our own meal, which was actually really nice, because we could chat, and we could, um, relax, because there wasn't the whole kind of bed bath thing to do after dinner. Next question, do you plan to introduce cow's milk to A for a year? So I covered that before, um, hopefully not hopefully going to do almond milk I don't have anything against cow's milk we just don't drink it so um, I just uh, don't necessarily want to change our diets um, for that because I feel like there'll be a lot of wastage as well did you use any weaning recipe books and what would you recommend? so from the very beginning no not really but when I started to get a little bit more adventurous with the food and I wanted to try and eat together so make things for Amandine and for us I bought the book Top Gums, I think it's called Top Gums, um, G-U-M-S, and it's good, it is good, it's good for giving you inspiration, but a lot of the recipes actually don't work, so it's definitely worth reading the recipe and using your common sense with some of it and thinking, you know what, no, I don't need to put that much coconut oil in a banana bread, that's going to be really gross. Um, So yes, do it was really good for inspiration um other than that we moved on to just her eating what we eat obviously without any added salt or sugar quite quickly so that's what I try and do and I I do generally think that's probably the best way um and then they get such a huge range of foods I'm really lucky I'm in the position where I do a lot of work from home so I have the time to cook for her and I have the time to make things like lentil and mushroom burgers and, uh, all that kind of stuff. So if you don't have the time, it's a little bit trickier. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, and there are lots of recipes out there. There are lots of great Instagram accounts, um, out there to give you lots of inspiration. Definitely. Again, like I said, follow SR Nutrition. She offers loads of good inspiration, um, which I use, and also weanin Fifteen, which is Joe Wicks's, uh, thing with his daughter Indy. He has loads of great recipes and things as well, and he's got a book coming out next year too, which I will probably buy because I think he has really great content. Right, next thing started weaning. Should it make baby constipated this early on? Fed a bit of veg, fed bit of veg and baby porridge. Yes. So if you go back to series four, I talk about weaning and talk about Amundine being very, very, very constipated. I made a huge batch of homemade prune puree to try and get things moving for Amaldine. I was really worried. We went a really long time without um, a poop and Amandine seemed very, very uncomfortable. So... I did try and mix in a ice cube of prune puree into her porridge, do that kind of thing, um, and it worked, it did work, but also I really think it was just natural progression of things. It's her body, it's her gut, getting used to um, absorbing all those nutrients and taking food on for the very first time, I mean, it's a huge, huge change. So yes, it is normal. We found, you can try Purune puree if you haven't got time to make it. You can buy it from Tesco's, um, Sainsbury's, or the supermarkets, but it is easy to make as well. I still have a lot left in my freezer, a lot. I didn't quite realise how far it would go. I think I have like four ice cube trays full plus an emptied out ice cube tray into jam jars, like two of those as well. Um, so if you're local to Exeter, if you need some prune puree last weaning question when in the weaning process did you notice a taking less breast milk so she started to not need her breast milk feed in the day i would say about a month and a half ago just as i was coming to the end of series four um she didn't need them she still needs her morning and evening feed but just, she's actually not taking much in the evening because she's having really good dinners now so I think it will naturally fizzle itself out and then I just don't really know if you should be giving the milk in the evening anyway I need to have a look at all of that but I'll come back to you about that um but it was really really natural for us she just took less and less and less and less Bugaboo have launched your greatest travel companion, the brand new Bugaboo Ant Compact Travel Stroller, and it launches nationwide this month. Great things really do come in small packages, and travelling with your child has never been easier. It is so compact that it easily fits into the overhead compartment of a train, numerous airline plane cabins, or into the boot of even the smallest car – all with a striking new Bugaboo look and, of course, their usual attention to design and functionality. The Bugaboo Ant has integrated all-wheel suspension, which really does provide a super smooth ride, a reversible and reclining seat that supports the whole weight of your child, while the nimble handling means you can push and steer with one hand. So easy. So small, but mighty. I particularly love the storage space while folded and using the trolley mode feature wheeling through airports and stations. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash mumtalk to learn more and choose the pram, pushchair, stroller, car seat or accessory to suit your lifestyle. Right, on to Breastfeeding tips on how to stop a baby bruising boobs when feeding she's got such a tight grip and it hurts yes oh my goodness yes my chest is covered in scratches from Amaldine and she loves to pinch my skin with her nails and even though her nails are really short because i cut them they still are flipping sharp and it hurts so bad no i don't have any tips because if i had them i'd be using them Um, The only things I can think of which I've started to try and do with Amaldine but we're also doing this for other reasons is to um, have like a snuggle, uh, like a Snugsy or a muslin or um, her favourite toy up there with you so she grabs onto that or wear a jumper which is what I do and I just lift up my jumper um, for my boob and then kind of try and keep the rest of my jumper covering my chest and then if she needs to grab onto something then she'll grab onto the jumper. I do obviously say, please don't do that that really hurts mummy, all that kind of thing, but um, doesn't really get me very far. If I come up with anything else, I will let you know. Work-life balance. How are you both doing? Are you back at work part-time or less? Thank you. We're both doing really well. That's really sweet of you to ask. I really appreciate that when people ask how I'm doing. We're both doing really well. Um, had a bit of a tricky summer, only from kind of you know, with you guys know, and you listen, um, I don't feel like I get out of the house very much because I'm. Amaldine loves her naps. She loves routine. I love routine. We love routine. And Amandine loves her naps in her cop, so I find it quite tricky to get out and about. I have to say that it, Bugaboo Fox has made this easier, um, really a lot easier, and has given me the confidence. But I also think a lot of it is down to Amandine. You know she's she really knows when she's tired she knows how to tell me when she's tired she sucks her thumb and that's a massive cue for me to know when she's tired and um, and yeah we we've we've really learned a lot about each other um, over the past month and a half but it also getting outside in the summer I found quite tricky because I am so nervous of her burning and I cover her up in sun cream and I cover her up, her legs up and her arms up. And, but, you know, I also want her to embrace being a baby and feel the wind on her fresh skin. And, you know, that's really special as well. Like, I remember when I was little, there's nothing better than running around butt naked outside. It's awesome. Um, and I want her to start feeling that joy of just being naked outside and in the paddling pool. And um, But yeah, I found it quite a tricky balance. But anyway... Um we're doing great. We're doing really really great. Am I back to work part time? Yeah, I guess I am back to work. Um I mean <laughs> the podcast has been um busy, but it always has been since I was 12 weeks pregnant and I started sharing with you guys. So yoga wise, yes, I'm back teaching my private clients. Um but there is a lot to do with the podcast now. So um I have not gone back to kind of full-time teaching, but Also, that's tricky with Hendrix Roster because she's not going to nursery right now. Uh, I'm not sure if or when she will um, because I'm in a very lucky position that I can do a lot of my stuff from home. So my private clients I can take on when uh, around Hendrix Roster, which we get about a month in advance, which is easy for private clients. But to have like a specific Tuesday night class or something is pretty impossible um, unless I find childcare. And that childcare, again, when you're a yoga teacher, you only need it for an hour or so um, at a time. So it's pretty tricky to kind of get a balance. Another question, will A be going to nursery? I've got mixed feelings about my boys starting. I miss work though. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Work brings a lot of happiness to a lot of people, um, so I get that. Amaldine isn't going to nursery right now, no. Um there's no need for her to. I don't need her to. I can schedule my work around her. I do a lot while she's napping. Hendrik, because of the job that he has, a lot of the time he you know he gets up at like 2:30am in the morning, goes to work, he's back by noon, and then he can kind of be with Amaldine if I need something, something's urgent that needs to be done. Um so we have that luxury. Also, my mum's about an hour, hour and a half away at the moment, and we are just trying to um, get her to bond a little bit more with my mum so if I do need a little bit of extra help Amaldine can go hang out with my mum for the morning or the afternoon or uh, something like that so or I can drop my mum I uh, drop my mum drop Amaldine at my mum's and I can spend the time working at my mum's house that kind of thing so we are just figuring it all out but I totally get it when you say you've got mixed feelings I don't think I could think about Amadine going to nursery. I don't see how I would, <laughs> I would cope with that. Actually, I don't. I don't think I do. But you do get used to it. A lot of my friends are starting back at work, and um, yes, some of them have gone part time, but their kids are still going to nursery for three days a week, and it's huge. It is huge. Sleep. We're going to talk about sleep. How do you know when a baby is ready to drop a nap? Hmm. All I can say is. Um, Amandine pretty much just told us when she was ready to drop a nap she or didn't tell us but by her body language she was telling us that she was ready to drop a nap again it was a very easy progression for us she wasn't going down particularly well for one of the naps so we just thought "Oh, okay yeah maybe now's the time um, we went on a couple of outings where she didn't end up having that nap and she was totally fine so we then stopped Giving, I I think I didn't give it to her one day, and then would give it to her the next, and then wouldn't give it to her two days because she didn't really need it. And then I think we just you know came out the other side. If you're not already following, make sure you're following Taking Cara Babies online uh, online on Instagram. She is the source for all of my sleep stuff. I haven't actually needed to buy any of her courses, but she has some really good courses if you're struggling um, on there. But she shares so much brilliant advice on her Instagram content and on her um, stories that that's been super helpful for me. And she does lots of blog posts on nap times, awake times, awake periods. And I've really gone by her advice um, and it has worked insanely brilliantly for Amaldine. I mean I I we love routine so I have not worked hard at a routine but I've been pretty solid with our routine which Amandine did develop by herself but I was I was guided by taking care of babies um but I know that when I put Amaldine down in her cot she will sleep within maybe like 10 minutes she'll put herself to sleep and it wasn't always like that though I fed her to sleep for a really long time and everyone was like oh god don't do that don't do that but it's been absolutely fine she has she's progressed out of that she's just grown out of that and now puts herself to sleep she's a thumb sucker um, I have a question on that in a minute which I will try and uh, help with so I think it is just really dependent on your baby but I think you'll know you'll know they'll just tell you it'll be a bit trickier to put them down nap resistance and pushing back nap issues have you ever had an issue again go and have a look at taking care of babies um she suggests doing it 15 minutes later every time so it might take a week might take a little bit longer depending on how far you want to push it back Uh, so yeah definitely go and have a look I have to say I've never had an issue with nap resistance because Amandine has always told me when she needs to go and nap I have always looked for her cues for her sleepy eyes, for her thumb in her mouth, for her wanting to snuggle as her nap cue. Also, we have very strong sleep associations. So um, her room is always really, really dark. She has white noise. I put her into her PJs. There's a routine for every nap that she takes. I'm sure she'll grow out of this too, but... You know, we go upstairs, we change her nappy, we put her into pyjamas every nap unless we are out. So she associates that with sleep. She knows that she's being prepared to sleep, um, yeah, so that's what we do. I have an early riser on my hands waking at five to six most mornings, not hungry. Any tips? So Amandina has actually been doing this this past month. It's only been this last week or two where she started to wake up around 6, 6.30. And, but Amelie was waking up about quarter past five to half past five um, most mornings for a really long time. She is starving, though. So that is the difference that we have compared to you. She is starving. Um, so I do feed her. But I do think they get into a rhythm. They get into a routine. There are lots of things that you can try. You could try putting him or her. In fact, I know who asked this question, so I know it's a him. Um, you could try putting him to sleep. Um, a little bit later but that could have actually the opposite effect so you could try it one night, see what happens maybe try it for two nights, see what happens Um, Is there something maybe that's making them wake up? Is there light coming into the room perhaps? Or is there a noise? Is your boiler coming on at that time? All those things to like check out and make sure if they're not hungry because it it also might be that they only need 10 hours sleep or 11 hours sleep, not all babies. And Taking Care of Babies says this, not all babies need 12 hours sleep. Um, There's a range between 10 to 12 hours. So I guess if you're putting um, him down at 7, then he's going to be waking up at five. That would be 10. You guys are going to laugh at me. I genuinely just had to pause the recording there and just double check that that was 10. How ridiculous is that? Anyway, um, mass was never my strong point. How to get rid of a dummy at five months, please help. So, I had quite a few messages about this because I put this out on Instagram because we never used a dummy. Um, cold turkey, apparently apparently the advice um, and this is from you guys listeners and instagram um, contacting me so apparently the advice is to wait until six months and most of you went cold turkey and it was fine and within a couple of days you had the dummy out and away so that is my advice maybe try give it a go give it a go so the thumb thing I then put the message out about thumb sucking and got a message back from the lovely mummy dentist who's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks and she says that the advice is to stop any pacifier, any dummy, any thumb sucking by the age of one. Now Amandine is obviously one and she has a solid connection with her thumb already so what we are trying to do which is what mummy dentist has advised as well is to try and associate that kind of thumb-sucking behaviour with something else that they find comfort in. Because obviously we can't explain really to Amandine yet that, you know, if she keeps sucking her thumb, there might be issues down the line with her teeth. So I have tried now, because Amandine doesn't take any toy to bed, she doesn't associate comfort with any toy at the moment, so I'm trying to implement this now to hopefully try and get her to suck on a toy or cuddle a toy if she feels like she needs comfort. She has started to find her thumb more in the day. Now, I do think this is either because she's tired or because she's bored. It may well be that because she's bored. So I need to up my game and start picking up on when she's bored and start to maybe entertain her or um, start uh, interacting with her with her toys or take her out, go out and about. She doesn't really suck her thumb when she's out and about. So... I think it is down to a bit of a boredom thing. But I'll let you know how it go, how we go um, with the thumb sucking and trying to get her to associate comfort with something else. I'll keep you updated. How is Ace sleeping and sleep routines? She's sleeping really, really well. Um, she's a pro. I'm very, very lucky. So our routine right now is, I'll start in the morning. She wakes up anytime between 6 and 7. Mostly quarter past six to half past six I get up out of bed I go pick her up out of her cot I feed her occasionally this will be on the seat more than likely I bring her into bed with me and I lie down and I feed her and I can probably get like 10 minutes of shut eye (laughs) extra shut eye or at least I'm just chilling out Then we get up. I probably spend about 20 minutes attempting for her not to fall out of bed because she's just rolling around the bed and trying to play with everything in sight. We then get up, brush her teeth, change her nappy, go on the potty. I will come back to you you on that in a minute. And get her dressed, just put some leggings over her, pyjamas, go downstairs. I let her play for a bit. There's no point in me giving her breakfast um, until about 8.30 because she is still full from milk. She takes a lot of milk in the morning, so she's still full from milk. You can, if you pick her up, you can hear it sloshing around. (laughs) It's quite funny. Occasionally we'll take a walk to the swings or go for a little stroll around the block. That actually does me a wonder of good, but it just depends if I've got up and dressed and out of my PJs, which I don't very often. And then um, nine o'clock she'll go back to bed nine yeah nine nine thirty she'll go back to bed depending on what time she'll wake up normally I allow between a two hour and 45 minute to a three hour wake window we then she'll then have between an hour and an hour and a half's nap occasionally a two hour nap but that's getting less and less and less I would say about a month ago it was a solid two hours in the morning but now it's about an hour and a half to two hours um, then she'll go back. To, she'll, she'll have lunch at 12.00, uh, 15. twelve fifteen. She'll go to bed around one one thirty. Again, another two hour nap or hour and a half to two hour nap. So she'll wake any time between three and three thirty. And then she doesn't go to bed again until seven seven thirty. But again, that varies. If we're out and about and we're doing things in the evening and dinner's pushed back a bit, then she'll go to bed at eight um and normally she'll sleep in more in the morning and she'll so last night she went to bed at eight I was staying with my mum and we went swimming before dinner so everything was pushed back a little bit and she woke up at quarter to seven this morning which was lovely so I'm not complaining but she is doing so well but yeah I do take my advice from taking care of babies she has about a four hour wake window before her afternoon nap and her bedtime Um, and she has about a three hour wait window at the other times and I find that really works well for us (laughs) would you advise daytime naps for a newborn in their nursery or in a sleepy head so we did both when she was a newborn but actually right at the beginning a new new newborn she was on the sofa in a sleepy head where she couldn't fall off obviously and that's where she was napping because I was chilling out on the sofa I might take a nap next to her Or very occasionally, I'll bring her up into the bed next to me and in her sleepy head. We only ever used her sleepy head for daytime naps, never nighttime naps. And then when I wanted her to get used to and comfortable in her nursery, I would put the sleepy head in her cot in the nursery. And she took a few naps there. So when we started to put her up into her own bedroom in the evening, so I think she was around seven weeks, eight weeks old when we started to do this, in the evening I would she'd fall asleep on the sofa in her sleepy head. In the evening, we'd then transfer her upstairs, turn the lights off, she'd stay asleep, we would go back downstairs, watch some TV, chill out, then when it was time for me to go to bed, we'd bring her into the bedroom, I'd feed her, I would then transfer her into her snooze pod, which we loved, and then the night would begin. So um I would say a bit of both, but newborn, 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 we did sleepy head on the sofa let's go on to relationships. Interesting topic. And I really, I'm not sure if this series I'm going to be able to squeeze in a relationships um, podcast, but I think it's really something we need to discuss. But if you haven't listened to Steph Douglas podcast, she very kindly came on my podcast last series. It's series four, episode eight. We talk about the relationship with her partner, how that changed, pulling up the drawbridge, all that kind of stuff. Um, so definitely go and have a listen to that one but the question is here is how to expect your relationship with your partner to change once you bring a baby into it how do you expect your relationship with your partner to change once you bring a baby into it so I didn't really expect it to change but it has changed um We are a team, for sure, but we do disagree on a lot of things. And also, um, Hendrik and I rub each other up the wrong way, definitely. I think uh, his job is really quite stressful. It requires his body clock to change a lot of the time. Um, And sometimes I have less sympathy for uh, his body clock when you know especially in the newborn times when I was up like you know every couple of hours feeding and he would still get his full night's sleep um it's changed for us in a way that we are in separate bedrooms because we have to be because of his roster and me waking up with Amaldine it just wasn't possible to be in the same room and obviously you know he's a pilot he has to get his sleep um it is uh, absolutely absolutely necessary there's no way around that so um, yeah it's been really tricky I'm not going to lie it's been really tricky we're learning every day we are learning every day we also have um, a bit of a communications and language barrier because Hendrik is French and I am English and there is definitely some cross-cultural stuff there um, but again a podcast for another time so it's tricky but the most beautiful thing is that your parents and you're in this together and look what you just made and look what you've just brought into the world and it, it is beautiful and it's communication is key for sure communication 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 talk to your partner if you're feeling um like a little lost or they're not putting their weight or and make sure that you leave your communication channels open also so for your partner whoever that might be to be able to talk to you about it and to, it's very easy with the hormones to shut down and be like, no, 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 no. I know what's best. This is what's happening. But really try and keep an open mind and communication is key. That is what I will say on relationships. How to tackle parenting with your partner when you have a very clear direction you want to parent in. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, because I don't particularly have a very clear way I want to parent in. I'm just, I'm winging it just like the intro to the podcast that you heard at the very beginning I am really winging it every day um so I'm very open to anything that Hendrik kind of is really straight you know really really wants to do um and I think he is with me too but we're very um we're on the same wavelength so I think if there's something that you really disagree with on your partner or your partner disagrees with you then you've got to sit down you've got to have a chat about it you've got to communicate um and discuss why and it may well be that they're are some deep um, seeded reasons why you want to follow that particular path something from your child perhaps but communication talk about it, have it out and um, maybe when they're napping or something and just have a chat about it and figure out why it is what you want to do and why they are potentially against it could you go into your early potty training in more detail, we would love to try from a younger age too, so I found out something interesting the other day. It's technically not called potty training until they're about one and a half, I believe. It's called elimination communication. Um, But we're calling it potty training. But we're not training. We're really not training. We're just associating the bright green potty that we have from Ikea with um, Amandine going to the loo. And it's working. It's really working well for us. So we started by just... um, We actually started because Amandine started to... uh, pull a very good poo face and i'm using reusable nappies and i thought oh this would be brilliant they won't get shit stained basically um and i'll be able to catch her poops but actually by the time she's pulled her poop face the poop's in the nappy um so that didn't really work but what we've been doing is we have been when she wakes up in the morning put her on the potty um after a feed so when I go to change her nappy, and now, about a month down the line, um, she will do a pee pretty much every time. So it's the association with sitting on the body, she will do a pee every time. Occasionally, she'll do a poo as well in the morning. Um, and then we'll put her on the potty before her morning nap, and also after her morning nap, we'll put her on the potty before her lunchtime nap, and after her lunchtime nap, and again before bed, before bath, we'll put her on the potty, we don't force her to pee on there, absolutely not, if she goes to launch herself off the potty, and she clearly doesn't want to go to the loo, that's fine, I just let her crawl off, that's absolutely fine, and I think it's working, because she, um, if I put her on the potty and she's a little, you know, not too sure she'll sit, she'll have a play with some toys I always make sure there's a bit of a basket there of toys for her to play with and then she'll pee and I think we leave her on leave her on the potty for no longer than about three or four minutes um and just, yeah, let her go and she's, we haven't forced it we do miss it, we miss loads of times like I think today she's probably been on the potty twice uh, day before I don't think she was on the potty at all so we're certainly not strict about it we're just trying to get the association between going to the potty um, and when she sits on the potty that's what she does she goes for a wee um, rather than trying to catch the times of her peeing because I can't tell when she's gonna pee or not So I hope that helps. It's good fun, it's fun, and I don't see any harm in doing it, and she's not crying, and she's not kicking up a fuss. The only time she cried, actually, when I put her on the potty was today, because we were at my mum's, and she was awake, and she wanted to see the dog. And she was peeved at me that I wasn't letting her see the dog. So I actually took her off the potty, we went to go and say hi to the dog, And then her nappy was off already and I didn't run any accidents, so um, I put her back on the potty. We have had one accident where she crawled off the potty and then went to sit on the carpet and peed. That's the one accident we've had so far on the carpet upstairs, aside from right at the very beginning, which you guys know about when she pooped, projectile pooped all over the carpet upstairs. And we still haven't replaced that carpet, it's gross. Um, The poo is out, by the way, we had it professionally cleaned. (laughs) Do you prefer Bambino Mio or Baba and Boo nappies? I like them both for very different reasons. So Bambino Mio dry extremely fast. They dry by far the fastest of any of the nappies. Um, They fit really well. Um, They're great for naps. I always make sure she's wearing a Bambino Mio in her daytime naps because they definitely don't leak during her daytime naps. Um, Baba and Boo nappies I like for a different reason, they are popper, so Bambino Mio are velcro, Baba and Boo are popper um, you can, there are so many different adjustments on the Baba and Boo nappies that you can make they also give you two pads which slot in to the Baba and Boo um, nappy so you can bump it up if you feel like you need to bump it up, if they're a heavy wetter or you want them to nap in that nappy or something like that, you can bump it up. I never actually have. Amandine's not a particularly heavy wetter. And also I change her really frequently. Um, so I really like them both. I would definitely recommend getting one of each to start with. Um, one of each brand I would really recommend and see what works for you because it's very, very, very different for each baby. Um, also we use fleece liners. Um, and they are brilliant. They keep baby's bottom a lot drier. They also protect um, the nappy from getting poo stained. but more importantly, make it easier for you to shake the poo off into the loo. You can just grab the fleece liner out and then take that to the loo rather than taking the whole nappy. Last question on this, how do you play with Amandine when you're home? So she's got a playmat with lots of toys, Um, I also do some cooking with her, Um, we do some reading, we do language stuff, we go outside, we pick tomatoes, we pick blueberries, in the paddling pool, Um, what else do I do with her? Uh, I play catch with her, like roll the ball along the floor, interact with her toys with her, Um, just talk to her about the plants maybe take a stroll around the house and try and show her something that I've never shown her before or try and show her something uh, how something works I try and do a lot of day to day stuff as well as games with her toys as well with her so I might take her along with me when I'm changing a light bulb (laughs) or in a lamp or something like that or stripping the bed um, and make it into a game with her so I'll you know chuck the pillowcases on her head or something like that um obviously in a very safe way um and just generally have fun when we're at home all right we are on the final question at the final question and I don't have an answer for it it is any good apps for mums this one came in just before I started recording the podcast and I don't use any apps on my phone necessarily, aside from Wonder Week's app. But Hendrik checks that more than I do, actually, because sometimes I don't really like to know when she's leaping, um, <laughs> because I don't like to have to look forward to that leap, or um, if it's if they're you know making it out to be a bit of a grisly one, which some of them are. Yeah, I don't I don't really like to know where that is. I just like to take Amandine for who she is every day of the week really and if she's having an off day that's fine but i don't want to ever be thinking oh gosh i've got a whole 21 days of off days um yeah so that's the only app that i use and on that note we're done we are off to france next week we go on monday tomorrow we got the letter through before I went down to my mum's on Saturday morning that Amaldine is due her next jabs so that is on the cards for tomorrow so I'll let you know how that goes next week but yeah I am so happy to be back so happy to be back catching up with you all if any of you have any questions on anything in this week's podcast please 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 dm me on instagram on social media which is Mum Talk Podcast, or you can also connect with me at emma jolin on instagram which is j-a-u-l-i-n if you're searching for my name or you can always email me at mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com and i will always respond to you so please please do email We have such a wonderful range of guests and topics on the podcast. I cannot wait to share them with you. Have a lovely rest of your week and I will check in with you guys next week. Mum Talk Series 5 is supported by Bugaboo, a world of innovative products that give every parent the confidence and freedom for the journey ahead. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash mum talk to learn more and choose the pram, push chair, stroller, car seat or accessory to suit your lifestyle.